And now it's time for us to discuss more of these headlines in simple keywords with Adam joining us on the line. Good morning, Adam. Good morning, Lena. Happy hump day. Happy hump day indeed. Uh, it seems to be a busy news cycle this morning so early on yeah. with updates and security threats. We'll get to the details of the North Korean provocation during our keyword news portion. Let's jump right in with a major Let's headline. Uh, this is our first keyword of the day. Mass investments. So Korea's major conglomerates have unveiled massive investment plans. The announcements were a bit of a surprise, as not many were expecting such lofty promises. Let's begin off with Samsung Electronics. Uh, lofty promises and uh, quite sooner than expected announcements yeah. as well. They came quite quickly. Uh, let's start off with yes, Samsung. It'll invest 450 trillion won in uh, semiconductor and biopharmaceuticals mm. for the next five years. Uh, the company said 80% of the investment will go towards R&D and nurturing talent, especially in advanced chip making. Um, Samsung Electronics and Samsung Biologics will lead the investment at, uh, in their respective business areas. Um, the planned investment is up 120 trillion won from the total 330 trillion won that Samsung invested over the past five years. Um, now, the firm cited smartphone application processors, modems for 5G and even 6G networks, um, as well as high resolution image sensors as core areas to receive higher investment. It also vowed to quickly begin commercial production of um, these three nanometer chips that are currently the most advanced in terms of transistor density in the world. And they were actually unveiled during uh, Biden's trip to the plant in mm. Pyongyang. Mm. Um, uh, to kind of show off that it is a world first. And now the company is trying to narrow its gap with uh, Taiwan-based foundry giant TSMC, which is at number one at the moment. Um, these plans are expected to nurture a combined one million jobs, apparently, for the tech giant and its vendors. Um, that's according to the firm anyway. Mm. Uh, and this includes Samsung's own plan to hire some 80,000 employees in the next five years as well. Mm. Let's also take a look at Hyundai's uh, promises, also revealing some investment plans. Could you run us through the details? Sure. Uh, Hyundai Motor, Kia and Hyundai Mobis, uh, they'll all jointly invest 63 trillion won through 2025 in the domestic market. Now, the firm says this is part of efforts to make the country uh, the hub for future mobility, in their words. Now, a 21 trillion one investment plan that was declared last week by Hyundai and Kia is included in the total. Um, just over 16 trillion one will be used in the eco-friendly vehicle business. That is basically the key uh, kind of focus of the uh, group at the moment. Uh, the companies will seek to acquire technologies that are essential in making a wide range of eco-friendly cars, whether it be electric powered or hydrogen powered. Um, they also vowed to install 5,000 high-speed EV chargers across the country by the end of 2025. There's been some criticism that there's a lot of electric vehicles out and about on the road, but not enough chargers mm. to charge them. Mm. Um, Kia, for its part, plans to build a purpose-built vehicle plant in its Hwasong plant by 2024, with an aim to start production a year later. Uh, Hyundai Motor, Kia and Hyundai Mobis uh, will inject about 9 trillion won in future growth drivers, such as robotics as well, as, um, as well as advanced air mobility, basically drones mm. that people can use, and autonomous driving and uh, artificial intelligence as well. Um, they'll spend the remaining 38 trillion won into R&D activities and performance improvement of the existing uh, combustion engine vehicles that Hyundai and Kia uh, currently have, although mm. uh, we don't quite know how long they'll last, but uh, they are still 
um, uh, need, uh, they're still out about on the road. So, of course, they mm. need some improvement. Sure. Uh, in terms of uh, other companies, just briefly, Lotte uh, has vowed to invest a total of 37 trillion won over the next five years. Uh, major focuses being uh, biopharmaceuticals and mobility. Uh, Hana will invest just under 38 trillion over the same period uh, in a move to strengthen its future growth engines. Hana is mostly known for its solar uh, panels and solar power plants. Um, SK and LG, they're also expected to reveal their investment plans soon. Nothing yet. Uh, but uh, they have been coming quite uh, soon and uh, mm. the amount is very large. And experts say it's nothing new for business groups, right. of course, to uh, lay out investment plans, But uh, when, a, especially when a new president takes office. But yes, the amount and the timing of it is a bit sooner mm. and larger than expected. And it's against pretty unfavorable conditions, I think, in the market, right, to expand yeah. and to drop such big money and heavy investments. And for the future, I mean, we're talking about supply chain disruptions every day. And, of course, a bearish stock market. Let's move on to our second keyword of the day. Energy policy. So as we've gathered, uh, President Yoon Sung-er's administration's approach is greatly different from the former president's approach to, well, future energy sources, it seems. President Yoon has announced his vision for carbon neutrality. He's calling for the right mix of nuclear power, renewable energy, and natural gas. Now, that sounds perfect on paper. Uh, what else did he say and how he's going to execute this is probably a point of contention. Right. Well, we all know that uh, he was going to steer away from Moon Jae-in's mm. uh, kind of reduction or less reliance on nuclear power. Um, and Yoon was speaking at the opening of the 28th World Gas Conference that was actually opening in Tegu. Uh, it's being attended by some 20,000 people from 80 countries. So it's a very big event and it includes executives from global gas corporations uh, Yoon Se-Korea will fulfill its responsibility and role in international efforts to achieve carbon neutrality. And he pledged to scrap the nuclear phase-out policy uh, of the uh, Moon administration. And uh, it's not really an outright phase-out at the moment, but it seems to be kind of inching towards that kind of goal at the moment. Mm. And he acknowledged the importance of natural gas in meeting global energy demand and its benefits for reducing greenhouse gas and fine dust emissions. Uh, but he noted that Korea needed a more long-term approach and work for change and innovation to uh, dramatically reduce carbon emissions and transition to hydrogen industries as well. Mm. Um, and he vowed to expand uh, investment in developing technologies to reduce carbon emissions as well. So we might see some more investment plans from uh, the government. And he also promised to secure a base for hydrogen production at home and abroad to build a stable hydrogen supply chain. So he, he is uh, kind of eyeing the hydrogen power uh, market as well. Mm. Um, and he added that the private sector should take the initiative in making investments overseas and exploiting uh, resources as well. Uh, that's a bit different to the Moon Jae-in administration as well. The Moon administration and more was a kind of government-led focused approach. Uh, Yoon Sago seems to ha try and bring in uh, more private sector firms uh, to help in these efforts. Mm. Um, now, uh, just a bit of background. Korea first introduced natural gas to the country in 1986. Uh, and since then, it has become the world's third largest importer of uh, uh, LNG and the uh, top exporter of LNG carriers as well. Uh, but of course, with the ongoing Russian invasion of Ukraine mm. pushing LNG prices higher, there are concerns that LNG shipments could face constraints as well as uh, regional price gaps mm. uh, as well. All right, let's move on to our some security threat coverage this morning, starting with our third keyword of the day. Entering Cadiz. 
So multiple Russian and Chinese warplanes enter South Korea's air defense identification zone. This caused a bit of alarm for Seoul's military, which scrambled fighters to the scene. What's the latest on this front? Right. Well, the Joint Chiefs of Staff said that two Chinese and four Russian warplanes entered the Cadiz, but did not violate South Korea's territorial air. Uh, two Chinese H-6 bombers entered the uh, Cadiz at 8 a.m. They left about an hour and a half later. But later on, the two Chinese warplanes joined four Russian warplanes and entered the Cadiz together at about 10 a.m again and then they left the zone about 15 minutes later Mm. and they were kind of seen hovering around the Cadiz in the afternoon as well. Now this all coincided with the last day of US President Joe Biden's swing through Asia which included uh, trips to South Korea and Japan and also during his trip to Tokyo this week um, Biden launched the Indo-Pacific Economic Framework uh, and he also attended the Quad Security Forum. That's all an apparent move to rally U.S. allies and partners to counter an assertive China. Um, and of course, the U.S. has tensions with Russia as well, especially with uh, Ukraine. Now, the air defense zone is not a territorial airspace, but it is delineated to call on foreign planes to identify themselves so as to prevent accidental uh, cra- uh, crashes or clashes. Mm-hmm. Um Meanwhile, the leaders of the Quad Forum agreed to work toward the complete denuclearization of North Korea. That was announced by the Japanese Prime Minister, Fumio Kishida, uh, who also said that the members agreed to cooperate on denuclearization efforts. So while those talks were taking place, these kind of uh, semi-violations, if you will, Mm. took place as well. All right. And on to our fourth keyword of the day. Possible nuclear tests. So according to the latest reports, North Korea has fired three ballistic missiles in an easterly direction on Wednesday morning local time. That's according to South Korea's Joint Chiefs of Staff. This is meanwhile the United States remains concerned about a possible nuclear test by the North soon as well. What did Washington have to say? Right. Well, the the State Department and the U.S. has always been a bit cautious about North Korea conducting a possible nuclear test or ICBM launch as well. Um, The latest one doesn't seem to be one Uh, of a nuclear test. It's Mm. more of a ballistic missile, but uh, no details on it as well. We don't know if it's an intercontinental ballistic, a Mm. short range or Mm. an SLBM uh, as of yet. Of course, details will come out uh, on that. And there seems to be two unspecified uh, missiles or projectiles that were launched eastward from the north. Mm. Um, But of course, uh, this doesn't change the fact that the US is concerned. The State Department spokesperson Ned Price told reporters uh, that uh, that the U.S. shares concern that the North Korea may be on the verge of another provocation, um, especially with a nuclear test as well, which South Korean military officials say Pyongyang have completed all preparations for. Um, now, initially, uh, Price said the provocation could come either during the course of Biden's visit to the mm. region of Asia, which is uh, pretty much now essentially concluded, uh, or in the days that follow. Today is the one, the one day that follows the trip uh, of Biden's trip to uh, Japan. Um, and But he added that the concerns are equal for an ICBM or nuclear test. He didn't say that any one or the other will spark any uh, more stronger mm. response. Mm. So he said it's equally provocative mm. and the concerns are equal. Um, and he also underscored the importance of holding Pyongyang accountable for its provocations as well and... Uh, reiterated that the U.S. will continue to work with its allies to impose appropriate costs, in his words, on the North, should its provocations continue. All right, and finally on to our last keyword of the day. 
Inflation woes. So with inflation still at record highs, the Bank of Korea is highly likely to raise its key interest rate this week. What can we expect, Adam? Yeah, so almost pretty much all market watchers expect a rate hike. Uh, It's nothing new. Uh, But uh, there has been a poll that's been conducted of 100 bond market experts conducted by the Korea Financial Investment Association, which shows 94% said the central bank will hike the interest rate. Uh, The ratio is much higher than the 50% that expected a rate hike in a similar April poll. Uh, That poll was actually taken, though, before the BOK raised the rate by a quarter percentage point to 1.5%. Um, And there's another poll by Reuters, which shows all but one of the 28 economists polled on uh, between May 17th and 23rd forecast that BOK will raise its policy rate by 25 basis points to 1.75% in tomorrow's meeting. Um, But the BOK governor, Yi Chang-yong, has previously hinted at a big step, a 0.5 percentage point rise down the road should inflation pressure persist. Um, And many market watchers also believe there will be two more hikes after this month, uh, one per quarter being the most likely. Um, And this all comes amid crazy inflation rates. It's Mm -hmm. 4.8% on year in April. That's the fastest gain in more than 13 years. It's been staying above the central bank's target of 2% for more than a year now. Um, uh, And not just a problem in Korea, but around the world as well. Uh, And uh, the expected inflation uh, among consumers um, apparently will average around 3.3% over the next three months. That's according to a BOK survey. Mm. That's up 3.1% in April. Uh, That's based on a survey of 2,500 households between May 10th to 17th. Mm. And it's the highest level in nearly a decade. And especially with the Korean currency down, Mm. uh, the BOK is under more pressure to keep uh, raising uh, the rate, especially with the in line with the U.S. Fed as well. Mm. Thank you very much, Aram, for this morning's coverage. Have a safe day and we'll speak to you again tomorrow. You too. See you tomorrow. If you're listening to our program using the podcast service, just a reminder that we do go live Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. Korea Standard Time. So tune in and help us make the show more informative by giving us your input. See you bright and early on Good Morning Seoul.